My son turned 21. He came to visit me on the set of 21 Jump Street. And he went in. I said, I know you've never had anything to drink. Right, we got to get all this on the mic. Yeah, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll tell you. It was so hilarious. Well, because it's perfect bar conversation. I know, right? Sure. It is. I am Alan Winson, and today the Bar Crawl Radio hosts are getting acquainted with the hosts of the podcast Angst and Daisies, Steve Saparito and Caroline Aaron. And we met Steve at a huge Socrates New York Crafts Fair in early fall of 2019. He shared his picnic table with us, and your friend Ed Edwards was there. Yep. There, there, there's a name that can go either way. Yep. <laughs> Actually, we, it goes both ways. goes both ways. Oh. Yeah, it's Ed, Ed, Edward Edwards. Edward Edwards. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. And at the time we talked, he was a most interesting fellow, as you will see. And I guess we sounded kind of interesting to him. Yeah. Because we decided to produce a dual podcast. It's not a not, dueling podcast. Not a dueling, not a dueling podcast. No, we're no, going to no, work together. We'll, we'll, see, a dual we'll podcast. see about that. Yep. That's right. <laughs> oh, and I am Becky McCain, and we're hosting this dual podcast at Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar on West 72nd Street, across the street from the mortuary, and around the corner from the Daniel Barrican Center for Art and Activism, which may or may not have anything to do with today's conversation at a neighborhood bar. Here we go. There's us. There's us. You're listening to the Angst and Daisies podcast. And so I'll kick it off. Um, this is You're listening to the Angst and oh, Daisies podcast. You. I, I do those live. That's not pre-recorded. Okay, well, go us. on. Do it, do it live, You're Steve. You're listening to the Angst and Daisies podcast. You can find us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and we have absolutely no social media presence because social media sucks. Um, this is my partner, Caroline. She is Joe Dirt's mom. Yes, I am. Yes, you are. Hi, Among Car- other things. Among other things. How are you, Caroline? I'm great. Um, I'm so happy to be here. I know. It's kind of cool. Drinking in the afternoon. Right? <laughs> so what, what, are so we all, what, what are we all drinking? Um, I, have, I have some nice uh, Elijah Craig bourbon. Which with, you had a story about. With, yeah, with two ice cubes. Uh, mostly because I was a producer on... Hedwig in the Angry Inch up here in Broadway. Okay. And our music director, Justin Craig, is part of the Elijah Craig family. Oh, there you go. He is distantly removed, but he still has the Craig name. Very good. Very good. You got the Craig credit. I got the, he got, so the, su- he got the Craig credit. You're supporting credit. your yeah. friends. I, right. Absolutely. Right. I'm and, having a Bloody Mary because I'm a beginner drinker. <laughs> so I always need some, you know, an add-on. And it's but healthy, too, because it has tomato it? juice. and. Okay, good. That's right. Yeah. It's veg- vegetable. It's, it's, I'm it's having a vegetable. a vegetable with alcohol. There you go. That's, That's right. me. <laughs> I rarely drink, but drinking in the afternoon makes me feel like I've taken a big step forward. That's right. You're a grown-up girl now. I know I am. I'm so excited. Woman. Woman. That's right. I'm a woman. Woman. I've got in trouble of calling women girls. And he does it all gals. the time. He gets in trouble all the time. My sister got so angry when I called. I know. I called someone um, a gal. Your daughter doesn't like it. I either. like it. Gal. gal. I like being it's a gal, a broad, a girl. Yeah. yeah. A woman. I don't care. I don't mind. I think it maybe it's our generation. We don't really. I don't. No. I'm not prop. prop I'm not getting uh, hung up on vocabulary. It. There's too many other things to fix. I, I'm telling right. you. I'm right. telling you. Right. And, and you guys talk about that. And Becky, what are you? What are you drinking? I am drinking Tito's and tonic. Oh right. Oh right. right. Uh-huh. And I'm drinking Kills. I'm very alliterative. Killsborough Island. It's a Staten Island brewery. Is it good? Yeah, yeah it's an IPA, a little citrusy. Uh-huh. Not, not, not too forward with that. It's like grapefruity or a uh, little bit. Little not bit. too much. I don't like that real grapefruity yeah, IPA. Yeah, yeah. Like 
So this, I mean, if you want to, you want to taste it? No, I'm good. I'm good. I do because I'm. Bourboning. I'd like to taste it. I'm sure. Since I'm done, sure you're going crazy, Caroline. I know she's going to be drunk by the I time know. we're done. I three sips, a... three sips of a Bloody Mary and a well, sip of beer. He's like, it's I an don't IPA. Know. She's yeah, like, see, IPA is so she's giving giving a look. Doesn't drink very much. face. No, I no really. I'd rather eat my calories. That's just how I am. It's a bitter. I mean, you have to get used to that. It's a. It's a taste you get used to. So I, I was thinking. Oh, but wait, that was Wade Ripka in our intro. Oh, Wade, uh, Wade Ripka's Bob, Bob. Ba- Bob, yeah, right, it's a right. Russian band, and he plays at. Bar- Barbez. Barbez, thank right. you. Right, it's Barbez. the uh, East, Eastern Blockheads. He plays seventies Eastern Russian music. Oh wow, seventies Russian music. Wow, out really, in Brooklyn, really Barbez. talented. Wade, Wade Ripka, yeah. So I thought we'd start by our partners introducing us. Oh, oh. to you. Well, to the to the to whoever's listening, oh, okay. those pe- those people in Ukraine, I hear who are yes. listening to. Yes, we do have I, a we following. Do, we do have a following in the Ukraine for some we reason. We have listeners in Israel. They're mostly his cousins. Oh, yeah. Right okay. on, <laughs> right on. I want well, to tell you how this came about because um, this is all Steve's concoction. I lived in Los Angeles for 24 years and moved back to New York uh, right after Steve. Steve lived in Los Angeles with me and moved to New York, and I came you know, tumbling after. Before I actually lived here, one of the first things I did was I took my son down to Occupy Wall Street, where Steve was occupying, and I wanted him to see what real activism looked like, because he had grown up with me, who sat on the couch and yelled at the television, but didn't really do anything. And Steve said, I want to do a podcast with you because you're the most curious person I know. Because I'd always call Steve and go, who am I voting for? What do I feel? What should I do? (laughs) And he said, I'm going to get you off the couch and into the resistance. And that's what our podcast is going to be about. So he's taught me a lot. And he will have to explain the name Angst and Daisies. Right. Okay, but wait, can I interrupt just? I have a question. So did you say, did I miss it? Did you say how you met? Uh, oh, we, no, we did not say we, our original meeting. We, we met on a film set that I was working on, and Caroline's children were performing it. Oh, That's cool. true. Um, their one and only movie, and uh, I was uh, contemplating moving out and looking to move out to L.A., and we were out on the porch, and she said, so you're moving here from New York? And I said, yeah. She's like, go back, go back now. I've been here five years. I'm stuck. Do not get stuck here. And... Don't do it. You took their advice. Uh, well, what happened? No. He moved in with me and stayed. Well, okay. what happened was, what happened was, is, didn't pay any rent. No, no. And what happened was, I was, I was looking for. I like to find unusual places, and so I was looking for like a carriage house. And Caroline's like, I have a carriage house, and the guy's in there. He's been there for a while. He's really nice, but I'm kind of bored with him. I wish he'd go away. Um, and I was looking for an apartment. And I was at that point where there were two apartments that I didn't love, but could suffice. And I was like right at the point of making that decision. And Caroline calls me up, she goes, oh my God, he's moving out. You should come over and wow. see the place. Quick, yeah. quick. quick. And before he changes his mind. And I know, it's I, true. I didn't know LA very well, and I'm driving down Melrose, and I make this right down Larchmont. And for me, it felt kind of like, where the hell am I? Nothing seems to be happening here. I don't know if I want to live all the way out here. And then I hit this one block of Larchmont Boulevard that was like a little slice of the Upper East Side. Wow. And it had restaurants, and at the time it had a Blockbuster and a bagel store and a pizzeria. And and people walking. And people walking. In L.A.? In In L.A. And a newsstand, and the house was like a half a block off this. Yeah. And I like 
could walk in. We got in the backyard. There's a pool, old school. It's a very old, like old nice. Hollywood house. Yeah, sounds great. Um, old school. We go up into the thing. She goes, you don't have to do it. I walk into this like 500 square foot room with 16 foot ceilings. And I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. Like uh, she's like, you can think about it. I'm like, I tell, I've thought about it. I'm taking it. Some and then he you raised don't my children. And then I moved in and her son was in the fifth grade and her daughter was five. After, after about a year or so, she started introducing me as the guy who was helping to raise her kids. Okay. Uh, you know, it was like yeah. playing uh, uh, John Madden football with her son and I would beat him and she'd walk out and go, Aren't you supposed to let the kids win? No. And I like, oh, Ben, come here. It's like, she wants to know if I should let you win. And and like the little fifth grade Ben uh, looks up and goes, what are you, insane mom? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, we haven't really introduced each other. Oh, okay. okay. But wait, but but he People may recognize her. Caroline Aarons. They might. They might. mm -hmm. Caroline. Okay, they might recognize my voice first from Sleepless in Seattle. Seattle. That's okay. Right, right, right. Yes, I'm Sleepless in Seattle. Do do you want me to? I'll I'll do a look. Can I do a little intro? Sure, please do. I wouldn't know what to say. So Caroline. So Caroline has been, like I said, Joe Dirt's mom. She's been uh, Woody Allen's sister. Uh, She's. uh, She is currently. Mrs. Maisel's mother-in-law. We love that. Oh, we're we're just obsessed with it. I am Mrs. Maisel. She is not the marvelous one. That's right. She is the other. That's right. You are Mrs. Maisel. No, but you're pretty marvelous in that show. Thank you. She has had Edward Scissorhands cut her hair. It's true. Um, She was the boss to. Did they actually cut your hair? No. 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 We had lots of wigs. You're so silly. She has been the boss to the brother from another planet. It's true. It is true. Um, What else? Lots of Broadway. Lots of Broadway. Lots of off-Broadway. Lots of movies. Lots of TV. What do you like best? Um, probably theater, because it's harder and scarier. It's, yeah. it's much more living. You know, it's a high-wire act. I mean, it's all a high-wire act, but that's the scariest of all. Right. And that's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. Because, yeah, yeah you're out there, and, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't. It's live. It's like what you guys are doing, except for that you can't erase and Yeah, cut. we can yeah, edit. I mean, this is more like yeah. film. If he would. Can, exactly. If he right. would, just take those burps right. out. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we, so leave um, the good stuff in. We were at um, Uptown. We do this show. We called it The Other Other Show, where we just talk to each other. Kind of like you just talk to each other. But yes. we don't. We talk to each other about inane things. So last night we talked to each other about hair. About hair. But yes. what I'm what I'm getting to is the that show? there is a person. The whole thing on hair. Yeah, right? just hair. Like obsession with no, not, hair. We, well, not the show. No, though, though that ended the show. Yeah. And there was this woman at the bar, and she was excited to see us because she had been there before, and we'd, we'd met her. And I guess she knew you from a long ago or something. I don't I know. I didn't recognize her. But she was her. really sweet. And we got on to uh, saying that you're going to be on our show tomorrow night and or, and tomorrow afternoon. And um, we talked about Mrs. Maisel and... Maisel, and and she said, "Do you know, they film over at Artie's. That's where the comedians hang out at Artie's." She we didn't know that. Because so you haven't had any scenes at Artie's. No, because I, I haven't been. The families have not yet been interfaced with her career, ah, ah. except for that there was one time when her father actually saw her doing stand-up. Right, right, right. But uh, terrific. The Mahatunum, as we like to call ourselves, Kevin yeah. and I. We have not yet seen Nidge do stand-up. Ah. So, 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 is it going to happen? Honestly. You can't tell. No, I, I'm, I'm not supposed to tell, but in this case, I'm not keeping a secret because I don't know. You don't know. Yeah. And what I heard at the end of the third season is when the creators, the brilliant Amy and Dan Sherman Palladino, 
uh, pitched this show in their minds and hearts. They knew what was going to happen in the first three seasons. Mm. They knew it was going to go all the way through to where the audience is. And now I think they are as dot, dot, dot as we are. Yes, yes, yes. And they haven't told us anything. And you're in in the third season now. We just, the third season is already out on Amazon. We're starting the fourth season, filming the fourth season this spring. Yeah, we saw the third season. We saw it. Yeah. We watched it. Anyway. Yeah, we binge it. We binge it. Well, yeah. Steve called me. I had not yet watched it. It's not... I don't run to watch myself do anything, so it's not like I was excited. Many people saw it before I did, but Steve watched it like the first weekend it came out. He called me and he was like crying. I went, really? He went, it's so moving at the end. I didn't expect it, and then I yeah, thought, well, now yeah. I have to watch it. Yeah. Right, 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 I want to yeah. see what Steve's experience yeah. was. I yeah. love it when your character gets in with their maid. Oh, my God. Isn't oh, so it's, it's so awesome. It's like you're both smoking together and <laughs> right. watching television. Yeah. Cooking schmaltz. Yeah, she's yeah. so down to earth in yeah, a way, but yet it's crazy and wild and rich. And yeah, That's, That's why people maid. like her. Yeah. People yeah. Like relate yeah. to her. You yeah, know, yeah, I always yeah. say when I do press for this show, um, this is the first time I've ever played a character that reminds everyone of someone they love. It's either their aunt or their grandmother or their mother. Especially or if you're Jewish. Well, even so, even if you're not, I mean, the show has become an international hit, which is so weird. Like, why? I have no idea. I just saw a documentary that sort of relates to this called Miracle of Miracles about the way Fiddler on the Roof took the world by storm and they had a montage of it being done in Thailand, in China, in Russia. And they interviewed people and said, why do audiences go to see this, like in China? Why are you s- mm. They said, it just feels like it's the story of us. Right. And people feel the same way about Maisel. Yep. Isn't that interesting? No, I it think, is totally I think interesting because the, the, the culture is so different. I know. It's a, you know, the great theater director, Peter Brooks, said, that which is truly personal becomes universal. Absolutely. And I think this is so specific and so authentic that it blows up and, and puts its arms around lots of different kinds of people. Yes. Yeah, I keep and it's a woman's story, yes. which is so nice. And it's nice. very subversively political and feminist. Oh, yes. While you're being delighted, you don't really know. You know, the spoonful of sugar is helping the medicine go down. Yeah, right? yeah, when, 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 yeah. when she's putting on the makeup for her husband every morning when he wakes yeah. up. And then, yeah, and then right. le- you find it that she learned that from her mother. Absolutely. I, I mean, there's so much stuff. I mean, there's so much stuff I know. in it. Just to so bite into. TV has gotten, I think, better in a lot of ways than a lot of film. Oh, it's so much better, and that's why. I mean, I think the whole industry has switched over to that. And I also think it's been, television is trying to be a witness to our times. I mean, if you think about Bombshell and The Loudest Voice and the rise of Fox News and Roger Ailes, those are the stories they're telling, which is a much more fun way to encounter our history than yep. actually in classrooms. Or in living yeah. it. Wait a minute. Yeah, I was we're just we're both in say. classrooms. Oh, you are? Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm a professor. I, make my, I teach film. I make my lessons exciting, my history lessons exciting. No, she exciting. does. Good. She's a, you she's do? A great okay, teacher. good. Good, she's, good, good. She's a, she's a great teacher. Well, um, I don't know about that. All right, all right. We, we, we got to switch the tables here because now, Caroline, you need to introduce Steve. Okay, I'd like to introduce Steve Saparito. All right, I'm so happy to do that. As you already know, Steve and I started out as friends, but I have to tell you, even though he's going to object to this, you can't say anything till I'm finished. Um, Steve is truly, in my life, the only really person who walks his talk, who is an honest God activist. And I was the daughter of an activist, and so I wanted to know, how do you actually do that? And Steve doesn't come by that as an inheritance. It is not who his family is. It's who he is, and I was always so impressed by that. And, you know, it's something we all have to be, is 
off the couch and into the resistance if anything is going to change. I mean, I've sat, I'm sure you guys have too, lots of dinner parties and lots of living rooms, uh, complaining, yes. moaning, whining, grieving about the state of things. Steve actually puts his, you know, sweat into it and has introduced me to these amazing people that have been on our podcast. And the one that probably had the most influence on me was this nun named Sister Susan who shows up everywhere to object and I can't remember what was happening that was so disappointing because I am naive enough to go okay this is it this is it he's not getting out of this he's going down and then of course she's talking about Trump not me (laughs) no consequences that we live in the world of no consequences and I said to Sister Susan what's the point in all of this you know she sat in on buildings and and she said she shut down the Guggenheim yeah and she said activism is not a one-off it's a lifestyle. It's a way of life. And you just have to do it your whole life. If you see something wrong, you have to put your energy into trying to correct it. And I went, wow, she's absolutely right. I'd been like out in the field two or three times with Steve. And I went, nothing changed. I'm not doing it anymore. Right, and yeah. then I talked to Sister Susan. And so not only that, but Steve and I, you know, obviously share a profession because these are the things I love about Steve. He's a lapsed Catholic and a lapsed lawyer. Both of those things are in his back pocket that he really has uh, turned his back on a little bit, and now he represents people, you know, creatives on Broadway, and so that's pretty exciting for me. And as I said, my kids, you know, this is my new theory of child rearing. They need grown-ups that aren't you, and I gave them Steve. So no matter what else I did wrong, I did that right. Very good. Fantastic, Steve. You're blushing. I am. It's like uh, it's so not true, but except for the sister Susan part. Yeah. She is a woman who really, um, I met her at Occupy Wall Street. Um, she is a woman who walks the walk and talks the talk um, and has compassion beyond compare. And uh, just, she is one of the beautiful souls um, that walk this earth. And I'm like exceedingly happy to know her and glad we got to, and she comes on every once in a while. It's amazing that we, we have found you because we, I think, do something very similar, similar yeah. here with Bar Crawl Radio because we're in touch with the Catholic workers. Mm. You are? Oh, oh yeah. Down and, on Third Street. And with the K- yes. Kings Bay Plowshare 7 yep. that are that are going to be going to jail. We've interviewed for, them a few times. Aren't you admiring of those people? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's the way I feel. You know, We had two Carolyn. of them sitting right where you're sitting, yeah. and they had their ankle bracelets on because they were under house arrest for wow. going on to the, um, the uh, nuclear base in Georgia. In Georgia. And protesting the trident, the, the trident missiles in Georgia. And they're going to be going to prison, these two wonderful, wonderful, amazing people. So when we first met them, when I first met them, Alan had, last year, he uh, met someone who was connected with this organization called Watt, Witness Against Torture. And they, every year, annually do a uh, protest where they fast. And then they go out into the uh, streets of Washington, D.C., and they do different um, They protest against the Guantanamo prison. And they're yeah, yes. protesting against the, mm-hmm. the, the fact that the detainees are still being held there. Um, there's 40. Um, and so we, I was working. I couldn't join him, but he was there all week with them. Um, and I came on Saturday or Friday night or whatever. I brought the equipment in the car, and we, he found a bar, and we had a, um, a bar an crawl radio, an yeah. episode, yeah. And... I honestly have to say, I was not looking forward to it. I was thinking, these are a bunch of crazies. I mean, this, I mean, what, you know, how interesting can this be? They're just, you know, like, they're just nuts and dedicated and um, whatever. I 
couldn't have been more wrong. Mm. They yes. were the most interesting, the inspiring. most intelligent, inspiring, loving, I, lovely people I that never, I've ever met. I can never be that. I can never be yes, what you, they Yes, well, you know, that's what I always thought until I hooked up with Steve and we started doing Angst and Daisies. And there was a man that we interviewed once right when, you know, we started creating internment camps for immigrant children. That was Josh so, Rubin. Oh, he was so remarkable. And here was just a, a successful businessman, a middle-class guy, who just decided that he was going to do something and drove down there and parked a van and sat there until he could make contact with these children and take their voices back out to us. And I thought, wow, if, we all, if any of us just did a tip of the iceberg of these really heroic people, it would make a difference. Yeah, he's, uh, he's from Brooklyn and saw what was happening at Tornillo on the border and uh, just literally picked up and went down there. Just drove there. And created what is now known as Witness Tornillo um, and then became Witness Par- Parkland in Florida um, where the once Tornillo closed, they went to Florida. So he is somebody who lives it. And, and, yes. and, and his it, wife kept saying, you have to come home. Home. You have yeah. to come home. So it wasn't like he had nothing else going on. It was, Do you know what I mean? It was like no. he had to really... So that sac- makes it even harder. It makes it even harder. And yeah. one of the things he said was when he first got there, there was like chicken wire fence around the facility. And so he could talk to the kids. And he was telling us things that they were saying, which is, where's my mommy and daddy? I don't know why I'm here. Why am I here? God. And then they got, a, they got an idea that he was having communication and they put up like, you know, green garbage bags in front of the chicken wire so that he had no access to them anymore and that they could create the narrative of what was going on inside these places. But right. he was there to really bear witness. And he was just a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's That's one of the things that I have learned from Steve is you don't need to be qualified in any particular way no. to participate. And that's kind of a good thing. You need to be touched with some need to to do that. A sense of I mean, the, pe- the people that we've met, and they sound very similar to yours. It's like there is no other choice. Yes, right. that's right. right. There is nothing else to do except what I'm doing, even if I, it doesn't. Make even if it. even if it right, fails, right, right. And I was looking for results when I talked right. to sisters. I'm right. constantly looking for results. I want the results. Them. We ask them all the time. We and they, they're not even interested if anyone is like like looking at them. Right. That's or right. If there's PR. They're doing it because that's what they have to do. That's because right. they want to be on that side. They want to be on that side of the the line. That's right. Yeah. They want like their children to know they did the right thing. That's right. right. And right. if you multiply them times everybody who feels the way we feel, yeah. It would make a big noise. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of what you yeah. guys talk about is politics. Yes, pretty it is. much, pretty much all. I mean, of pretty it. much politics. Mm-hmm. We and talk about her family sometimes too. Yes, yeah. we do. But well, but the ones I've been both. listening to lately, it's been about the impeachment, about the election. <laughs> la, 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 la. It's mostly, it's mostly what it is. Is Caroline is the representative of the average person. The every person, yeah. so, uh-huh. which right. is what I feel like I am. So she, yes, I'm trying to get some guidance mm-hmm. and some give me a way to take all of this rage and anxiety and make it valuable, as opposed to just having it turn in on my family or me. Right, yeah. right, right. And I'm not the only be, one. To be anger, yeah. anger, and daisies. I think you're right. <laughs> or anger and well, angst. 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 Yes. Take daisies is, out of doesn't it. Doesn't angst have anger too? I mean, yes, yeah, that's what it was is, for. Angst is that jittery feeling of uh, disquiet in you. So yes, right. Yes. That's where it, that's where it came from. It also came from a band that I used to manage, and the song is called Angst and Daisies. Okay. Yes, okay. So that's why he won. But so how did daisies fit into your podcast? 
Well, clearly Caroline is the day. Exactly. Okay, the I'm the angst, okay. and she's the. That's daisy. what I said. It's, I it's the it's the sort of let's say well, what can bloom from resistance. Well, it's ah. also it's also if you look at it, you know, for every sort of like talking about Donald Trump and angsty kind of things, there is a Josh Rubin who is the daisy. Yes, there absolutely. is a sister Susan who is the daisy. Right. Okay. Yes. There okay. are the uh, Doctor Dan who works, you know, with opioid addiction that we uh, w- that we interviewed is the daisy to remind people that even in bad times, and I feel we're in really bad times, there are good things that come through. Right. right let's let's talk about that because okay. I think an argument has been made that Donald Trump is awful. But yet he has woke us up. We're woke now. Well, I think and that, we wouldn't that's, have been woke yes. without yes. him. So we kind of like needed him. Yes. I don't know if I we go along with see. that argument. We, but, but, but in I a think way, we saw it. We, we don't need to see more of it. I think we got the message. The it's not just done. him, though. Yeah, it's but we he, still no. have him. He woke up the, di- the, the, the dinosaur. He woke up the dragon. And we didn't really see them. He, yes. g- he gave, I, you know, because I, I think we talked about this the last podcast, you know, we should have really gotten in the streets. I remember you talking when we, about when that. Mitch McConnell would not let Merrick Garland have even a hearing. Why didn't we? That's what Steve said. Why that was the moment. I, I was pissed off. I would, you know, pissed I, off is not even the name. I, I for know. It. Well, it's it's the beginning of the creation of the Banana Republic that we have now. That we, you know, as we sit here and they frog march Lieutenant Colonel Vidman out of the mm-hmm. White House, and he wants. Joe Biden investigated and Roger Stone like you know Barr comes in and reduces the request of the Justice Department and we have career people who are resigning now I mean if people don't see that the from the Justice Department from right. the Justice they, they Department just, oh, yeah. they just resigned yeah and if we don't see that the structure of our Republic is falling by the wayside and that the Republican Party is enabling it this is Mitch McConnell's dream. Like Donald Trump, we all focus on Donald Trump. Oh, I yes. know. But the architect of They're all of evil. this yes. is Mitch, Mitch McConnell. McConnell yeah. You know, and we, that- we, we, we know a, a voiceover director, um, Paul Rubin, not Paul Allen, Paul Allen Rubin, but not, not Pee Wee. Not Pee Wee. He do, he's, he's like an award winning uh, uh, audio producer. And he did a book with Mitch McConnell. He did? Oh, oh I want to yeah. hear everything. No, no. And I, I, I interviewed him. Maybe I'll pull a piece of it. In, in, oh, I want to hear what he has to yeah. say. And it's like, it was years ago. Oh, you Mitch McConnell came with the book, and I interviewed, no, I interviewed not Mitch McConnell. No, I, I know my, you, the, the, my the author. Paul I, Rubin. I would love to know what his perspective was. And he, he's, because he spent like a couple days with Mitch McConnell. Was it, what was the book about? It was a book yeah, on It was tape. about his life. It was and about him. They had lunch together. Oh, and he would Mc- bring his lunch right. in a brown paper bag. McConnell. It was like a ham sandwich or something, or bologna on white bread with mayonnaise his kind of sandwich. His wife made for him. So he seemed like a real person. If I were Mitch McConnell, I would not eat food that other people prepare for fear that <laughs> well, they would try and poison me. But the thing is, my friend, my what was his good impression friend, of him? That he's a really good guy. Right. He doesn't. This was, this was his this initial was, impression. This was about a year this or was, two no, ago. No, this was about two years ago. Two years ago, Mitch McConnell yeah. came out with his book. He says he, you know, he has an opinion, but right. it's well thought out. And, and he was very impressed by this guy because it was very low key. Right. Paul's they a very his, open, you know, friendly person who, you know, tries to see the best in everyone. Wants to see the best in everyone. And so recently, and so, you know, I, I couldn't believe what he Time said. Time for that. an I, update. Yeah, yeah for yeah, an update. Yeah, yeah. No, I did. I updated him. We had a him party and I said, afterwards with some friends, and one of the, the, the son of the party was saying, he's evil. He's evil. And you know, Paul now agrees you? he is an evil man. He does. Man. Oh, yeah. 
You know what's very interesting about this time for me is that I always said to my children, you know, progress is inevitable. There is a rhythm to moving forward. And I understand your impatience, particularly my daughter, but I will say to her, there are doors that I walked through that were closed to my mother. There are doors that you're walking through that were closed to me. It's just a natural rhythm. If you get impatient and you want to kick the football down the field faster, I'm all for it. But when you look at history, if you take the airplane view, things have moved forward. Forward, they do. This is the first time in my life where it's going backwards. It's that rhythm of going backwards that is so paralyzing. Right. It's like, wait, we already fought this. We already cleared this up. Right. We already made right. this work. We became, yeah, it's a maybe we became complacent. I remember I was listening yes, to your podcast we're and you were grateful. talking about all the way back to Reagan, you know, and the Bushes and, you know, that we've just let things drop. Yep. We just kind of like... Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. You know? We just let it happen. Uh, uh, speaking as somebody who I will identify as a Democrat, all right? Um, and we just let it happen. And it's like I said, you walk in and the kid's playing with gasoline and matches and you go, yeah. And, you know, the second time, gasoline. And the third time, the house burns down. Like, who's to blame? Right. You are. You are. But, you know, you think you to yourself, it it, let's say in terms of women's issues, I'd like to be putting my energy towards women getting equal pay, but now we have to put our energy towards Roe versus Wade to protect something that I thought that had been covered, right. Right. and we could move on to the next thing to make it even better. Right. We can't. Now we have to go backwards and make sure we shore up things right. that have already, I thought, were self-evident and already cleared up, but they're not. And I don't know how much further backwards. Do you think we'll get go all the way back to slavery? You know what <laughs> I mean? It's like, yeah. I'm just going... I don't, I don't know that far from that. I was thinking, you're using the word backwards. I, don't, I just want to go back instead of backwards. That's your, right. Your, your mother, uh, Nina. Yes, Nina. Oh, you pronounced her name right. I love you. I, I, le- I learned it from a, a, a good man. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> Steve <laughs> told me. Uh, tell us about Nina. Nina Babette. Isn't that such a southern Babata. name? It's a great name. It's that Nina Babette. Babette. Um, she was uh, born in Selma, Alabama, and raised in Macon, Georgia, and she was Jewish. So and should you, you have a southern accent? She had quite the southern accent, and oh. I wore white gloves growing oh, up. I never, did I never thought I did. about that. I did. I always oh. wore white gloves to go downtown, said yes, ma'am, and no, sir. Had to get dressed for dinner. She had a little silver belt. Oh, wow. My sister and I always had on crinolines and were dressed. I mean, it was southern, southern, That's southern, amazing. southern. And they were only in Richmond, Virginia, too. I mean, which is the capital of the Confederacy. Okay, okay. Which is okay. more yeah. southern than any city okay, okay. south of the Mason-Dixon She's line. got you there. They yeah. hold on to that. To that, that oh, they still have the statues, Robert, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was the whole thing is that Monument Avenue. Right. And I sang still Dixie there. every morning. <gasps> when I went to school, I had to sing Dixie. Wow. And they flew the American flag and the Confederate flag and their Civil War reenactments. And my mother was a um, an activist, a real activist. Okay, so she started when she was a little girl and she there were chain gangs in Selma. And she jumped on the back of a policeman and bit him because he was <gasps> beating a little boy. She got taken to jail. My grandfather had to go oh bail her. Oh, my goodness. She was like nine. Oh, my goodness. When she was 11, she was sent to Washington, D.C. to represent Alabama for the Red Cross. She was, her, And when I was growing up, not that it was that comfortable. Now I'm grateful. I wasn't at the time. She was vice president of an all-black university, the oldest one in the South, the only white person there. And she raised money from the Jewish community for black education. So most of her social, I mean, she didn't belong to the Jewish community anymore of the four people there were in Richmond. <laughs> and um, well, and she certainly was wasn't yeah. black. So there was suspicion about her all the, you know, all the way around. But she made, she created 
in downtown Richmond was like a lot of southern cities that had white flight during the riots of the 60s and she revitalized downtown. She got Jewish leaders from all over the country to give money for um, merchants to be able to open up stores and restaurants downtown and then she created um, entertainment events for everybody. As she said, we need a place for everybody to come together to be together, to recreate together so that we can put this city back together. And wow. she pulled it off. She had a music festival that had like 60,000 people, an old porno movie theater that was an atmosphere theater <laughs> in Richmond. She raised money to have renovated and now it's the stop between New York and Atlanta for Broadway shows. And Oh, wow. When she um, died, they named a park after her in Richmond that they had to get permission because it was, you know, um, Virginia land to rename in her honor because she had brought the black and white community together. And then last week, Richmond became, you know, in the news again, on flames. Is It's now the hotbed for white supremacists. And I just, that was, you know, when I was growing up, the Ku Klux Klan was after us. We had FBI escorts. She was quite well known. When America, you know, when it went to 2000, from 1999 to 2000, she was named one of the 100 most important Southerners of the millennium. And now everything she worked for is going backwards. Like in Richmond, all of that oh stuff gosh. that I saw her do. I can really, I go, it's all being erased. It's erased. It's erased. No, no, no. It's not it being erased. It can't be erased. It's not being erased. It, can't, it cannot be erased. You don't think so? I no. think it's being erased. No. No, 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 no. It is a fact. It's there. It's been done. It's, it's history. History is now. We, 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 are, we are not the same History's now a as we were thing. then. I mean, but we have to learn. I know. I mean, there is a theory. Everybody thinks that um, Barack Obama gave birth to Donald Trump. Well. That's what um, people believe, that it's... Too, it's, it's a not, reaction. It's, yeah. It's, it's a pendulum. Yeah. It's the pendulum. Well, the if pendulum birth is a swings. reaction, then, yeah, I mean, Donald Trump is a reaction I think to, it is. I do. I think it to is. To our former president. Yeah. That's right, that yeah. having an African-American president but I think was it's too a, much change so for angry. people. They it's they a, were so It's angry. a reflection of who we really are, and that <laughs> so goes back to the question of how Trump tells us who we are. So That's they right. trumped us by, you know... By, they trumped us. By, uh, pun intended. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the great Elaine May told me when I was like, why? I was at a. You knew Elaine May. I do. Oh my gosh. Oh my she God. Said, she has all these stories. She said to me um, at uh, recently over the holidays, we've always been a horrible country. I don't know what you're so upset about. That's funny. She went, you know, look at it's how true, we started. Though. It's true. Look at how we started. Yeah. We had slaves. We took it away from... She went, we've just always been if so... If you go through every decade. Yeah. We've just always been horrible, and you seem so shocked. And it's just that we've been marketed as a great society, but yep. we never really no. have been. It's like an advertisement campaign. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. You know, the thing about it, though, is that... And, and w what we always have to remember is that America is different than most every country out there in that we are an aspirational country. Our, 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 country like that. our country was founded upon an aspiration that all, at the time, men were created equal. But uh -huh. Excuse we, me, white men. Wh white, white men. men. That's yeah, right. He, that's right. But, he but, did, you can see he put quotes around it with yeah, his yeah, eyes. With my yeah. eyes. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, is we all strive for the more perfect union, which is the recognition well, that we aren't... Not the, we all. We well, yes. not well, yes. not we all. I don't believe that the Republicans are striving for no, that. No, they are not striving for a more perfect union. But they that, think it's perfect. But but that is it. But that is in the history of who we are, and it is a recognition that we were not perfect. We are not perfect, and that the job is ours to, to always improve and to always improve. Yeah. 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 
that, that that's okay, finish your thought. Yeah, and th- and that and that that is what makes America great. That was Steve's impulse for our podcast was yeah. to use me as just sort of an example of I'm me times a million people is to say, you know, you know that there's that great um, story. I think it's Bernard Malamud, the great Torah scholar who the old man is walking down the beach with his grandson, and they see millions and millions of starfish dying, drying up in the noonday sun, and the old man bends down and keeps throwing the starfish back into the sea, and the little boy goes, Grandpa, Grandpa, for as far as your eye can see, there are millions and millions of starfish. What possible difference could your act make? And the grandfather says, it makes a difference to that one. Yeah. <laughs> and that is one that's sort of I think that was sort of Steve's original impulse in even doing Angst and Daisies is we can always make a difference to just one starfish at a time. Because what keeps me on the couch is I get so overwhelmed. I just go, Okay, well this is just hopeless. I just get so you know, my balloon hits the ground yeah. a little bit. And I think if you look at history, if you look at our history, you'll see those moments when we have risen up and we have and done. We've been great. And we've been great. Ameri- we've been great Ameri- when, for when the U.S. was small great. Moments. We have had moments of greatness. Of greatness. You know, I have to tell you, I feel so badly for my kids because. Yeah, I know. You know, it's like I just keep thinking. I don't think any of us could possibly evaluate how the context in which we were born and raised has shaped us. But, you know, the New York Times put out a sort of like an all points bulletin to college students. My daughter just graduated last year from the Rhode Island School of Design, and she called us and she said. Okay, I won't get this, but the New York Times invited every college student to write a 500-page essay. Because 500 they were looking, page? Not 500 words. No. Yeah, they were yeah. looking for like little <laughs> cub reporters. How many did they get? And they felt like they didn't have the voice of millennials as part of the sure. paper. Okay, okay. So she did it like you know the night before, and she sent it to um, my husband and I, and it was just terrible. Except for the first sentence was, "My first day of kindergarten was 9/11, and the first time I got to vote." Donald Trump was elected president, and that's been the frame of my life. Wow. And I thought that was so Great profound. Yeah. About, and that's true. She's 21 years old, and that is the frame of her life. That's and I right. think that there is a relationship between those two things that we might not have tracked in the last 20 years. Yeah. But I think from not, I think that 9-11 and, you know, being invaded on our own soil, um, I think something changed. Yeah, I, I, a lot of people, when Trump came in, were like, watch for the Reichstag moment, you know? Um, and I think 9-11 actually was the Reichstag moment, was the... Was the, the coming in of the Nazis. Well, the, yeah. the, the, the use of some event some to event. fundamentally mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. the nature of the country. And so we accepted weakening the Fourth Amendment because safety was more important than freedom. You yes, know? And that's that right. Freedom could mm-hmm. take away your safety. Right. And... As Benjamin Franklin said, you know, if if you're not free, you cannot be safe. You know, right? It's right, it's right. It's, yeah, yeah. it's important to sort of notice those changes. That's a political maneuver that goes back to Roosevelt using the event. Yeah, exactly. To, uh, you know, to For move, our, move your agenda. Yeah. Wow. I'm, I'm wondering if we can pull back to this idea about striving that we we strive for something better. Uh, I don't think our president strives for anything battery strives for more profits and for branding and Absolutely. stuff that is that is vacant of any moral. I don't even know that he has yeah, desires. I, I, I think he's an empty, empty shell. I think he's an empty shell. But I, I was thinking when we were talking about this idea of 
moving forward that this is really a Jewish idea. Yes. Uh, yeah. This perfecting of this never getting at, mm -hmm. but this yearning for yeah. the possibility of a godly kind of place, whatever that is, though we'll never get to it, but we strive for it. That's right. We have all those starfish. And yes, like, that we'll we never, want to throw back into the sea. We want to, and we'll never get to it, but we, it's the yearning for that kind right. of thing. And I once asked at a podcast we had recently in Washington, D.C., after the Switches Against Torture events in which um, these uh, people fasted for a week and walked around in orange jumpsuits as if they were Guantanamo prisoners with, with uh, black scarves over their heads wow. in order to, to bring awareness. And they get heckled by and get uh, heckled Trump supporters. And, um, and, you know, and we talked the to the peace poets last week who, who, who go along with them and give them stuff to, to support them. And I asked one of the major um, Witness Against Torture people, his name is Brian Terrell, He's a Catholic he's, worker. He's a Catholic worker. He's been to Afghanistan. He's been in jail. I mean, every year he's in jail for he, one thing or another. Wow. He's a he constant protest. He was in Germany just last year. He was protesting American bombs being in German airfields, like American wow. atomic bombs. And Germany's not supposed to have atomic bombs. Right. But they huh. do. So he went to jail for that because he went on to that. So I, I asked the group that was the Witness Against Torture people that were at our podcast, I said, you know, when we get to that place, when we strive and we get to that place of what mm -hmm. America could be, we're not great. We're certainly far from great. Oh, we yeah. are totally flawed. You know, uh, make America great again is like, it's, 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 there's, it's not <laughs> yeah. real. I mean, it doesn't mean anything. Nothing. So I said, what, what will we be? And, and he said, he, Brian said, we never were. And the way we're set up, we never will be. It's time to start all over again. Yeah, he's a bit of an anarchist. It's like so Steve thinks that too. Steve thinks we're two countries. Well, I, I believe in the theory. American two-state solution. I just yes. sort of feel like there's the Palestinians and the Israelis. We should have let them secede. I, so, I so the Confederate like, army should have won. Yeah, or, 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 or no, 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 no. Just let them. We should have just let them go. Go ahead. We just go ahead. I, I've been thinking that. I, yeah, and, and you me know, because what I'm tired of, and I, I heard. Um, uh, what's his name? The governor of New Hampshire, um, Sununu, oh, yeah. was 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 on TV and he was like talking about like, you know, what do we want? Places like San Francisco and Los Angeles <laughs> and they're homeless by and it's going down and down. And I'm like sitting there going, yeah, you know, you're talking about the state that generates 23 percent of the national GDP that funds, you know. Uh, states like Mississippi that creates six-tenths of one percent of our GDP takes five dollars for every dollar they put in and they're the Republican stand on your own two feet. They're the biggest welfare state in the, in the Union and if you take say California, Washington State, Illinois, New York, you're talking about almost 50% of the national GDP in those disgusting liberal states that all those conservative Republican states mooch and leech off of. And you know what? Take all of the Confederate states, let's split up the states with the atomic bombs, and let Texas pay for Arkansas and Alabama and Mississippi. <laughs> and we godless heathens, you know, you can create your Christian caliphate, and we godless heathens will take care of the poor, the sick, and the homeless in our degenerate thinking. And you Christians can, I don't know, bring back slavery and 
yeah. <laughs> rape children. And I don't your, know. Have, I don't your, way, have your way with your Have your, your way with your country. What? And you know what? We'll build a wall to keep you, there you fuckers go. out of our... And oh, do you guys curse on here? Oh, know. absolutely. He curses oh, okay. all the time. Oh, did okay. you say fuck? I did. I did. Okay. Oh, my God. I he never said say fuck it. on this show. Caroline Caroline said, what did you say in a church to Sister Oh, I know. We were in a basilica. Oh, she said pussy in a church. I did. I did. Like referring to a cat. Exactly. Yeah. The pussy revolution. But Steve has told me the theory is if we were two countries and we took all of those people who believe that only white people really deserve anything, let them all have their own country, the evangelicals, and he said they would be broke within a year. Yeah, they have that. He said they have no, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah. what's, what's the television show about the, about the, um, oh, Handmaid's Tale. Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. Tale. Oh, I mean, right, that, right. that's what you're describing. Yeah, yes. that's, that's yes. exactly it. Except that's it's Canada and the United States. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, that. well, that's the other thing is like the East Coast, West Coast, we, we could become the United States of Canada. There and, you go. We could join Canada. We, we can join Canada. <laughs> like, hey, hey. Justin Trudeau. Yeah, we've, we've decided to move to Canada. Canada. Yeah. All of us. All all of the I wanted to know, where is your escape country? Canada. Yeah, Canada. Canada, Mexico. Canada's pretty, Canada's pretty I like great. Baja. We, we were in Western Canada uh, this summer. It's pretty we, beautiful. We did a podcast on a glacier. Well, wow. about wow. a glacier. We Steve, went on a glacier. Well, you I, recorded that. We, we, we got to travel, Steve. There you go. I don't know, but I, I have been looking into getting uh, my EU passport because my grandparents came here from Italy. Okay. Now, Italy's having a lot of right-wing problems, but if I can keep... Oh, well, they, they didn't vote the right-wing guy in. They didn't vote the right-wing yeah. guy in, but they've had a rise of rise of, of uh, nationalism like everywhere, but having the EU passport, I think, could be a good thing yeah. at, at some time. Yeah, go, go for it. Okay, real quick. This is Mark Crow Radio, and we're talking with Steve Saparito, and Caroline Aaron of the podcast Angst and Daisies. Miss Aaron is starring in The Amazing Mrs. Maisel as the senior Mrs. Maisel. And, uh, well, we're having a great time. We'll be right back. I was in New York working as an actress, and it was time for my, my son had gone to nursery school. It was time to put him in real school. We went through all the schools that incredible process decided he was going to go um either to ethical culture <laughs> wait oh, I have to tell a, great you a really funny thing so i had been working with a great playwright wendy washerstein so i had to get recommendations for him to get into these schools so she wrote him a recommendation for ethical culture which is truly i have it in his box of treasures one of the funniest things i've oh, ever read great. and right before september i got her play the sisters rosenzweig they asked me if i would create the role Madeline Kahn was doing it on Broadway if I would create the role in Los Angeles. We went to Los Angeles for me to do the play. I had no intention of staying there, but they rented me a house that was like Gloria Swanson could have lived in. You know, I lived in an apartment in New York that looked like a toaster oven. And then I had this like mansion with a <laughs> staircase and a pool and a hot tub. And my husband. And a carriage and I, house? What is the Gloria no, Swanson? No, that's a second song. Yeah, second no, this, and I'm like in the hot tub one night with my husband. We're smoking a joint. My son is asleep, and he goes, what's so bad about this? I went, what do you mean? He went, I'm just saying, what's so bad about this? And I was like, oh no, but it was his turn. So we stayed in Los Angeles for 24 years. And then, you know, we just came back here recently for, for Maisel, but it was, it, it, for sending my son to school in New York and thinking he could have been raised there, he could have been raised here. Where'd your kids go to school and where'd they end up? But they went to public schools. And they're doable here. 
Oh, absolutely. They're not doable in LA but right I, now. I was an advocate. I was. You have to be an advocate for yes, your kids you do. when you're doing public schools. Our son uh, went to um, Bronx Science. And yeah. Then, wow. and then, wow. then he went to the Marines. Wow. And then he, he joined, did on, from Bronx Science. He did, joined the Marines. Did, did, was that with your encouragement was, or his? No, oh no. No. Oh, we it was said over, our, over dead, our dead body. This was during the Iraq War. Yep. Oh my God, you guys. This no, is, no, it's but a so horror, horrible. it's not as. It, the end, is, the end, the end is, is not is as good. bad. The end is not as bad. We recruited our daughter and all her friends, all her liberal, you know, teenage friends, and they took him out to a restaurant and they talked him out of it. They said they talked him down. Yeah. He was 17. He couldn't do it without her permission. Right. Whatever. So he finished Bronx Science. He's working, going to City College, and he comes home in December yeah. and he says, yeah. "I have um, signed up to go into the Marines. I have to get in shape. I'm, I joined a gym." And I'm going to go to the gym now. So it was a he done, left. It was a done deal. I started falling. Oh, my God. I started yeah, falling my head off. But once, once it was a done deal and he was in, we supported right, him. Right, we did. Absolutely, you have to. We stood behind him. You know, I'm said, sure you guys have heard Pete Buttigieg talk about why he actually enlisted after Harvard and Oxford and why he enlisted. And he said, I kept meeting the same people over and over again. And I kept thinking to myself... I should know other kinds of people, and the military was the best place to do that. And, you know, this, my best friend is uh, Israel, married to an Israeli, and her daughter's my goddaughter, and, you know, she came to school in New York City at age 20, and, of course, they have to do two years in the Army. And then when uh, Mayor Pete put forward two years of public service as part of being an American, I thought that's one of the... Because I, ever since my friend moved to Israel, I went... Israelis have such an emotional relationship to their country. I don't have an emotional relationship to America. It's a fact. It's sort of a noun in my life. It's not a feeling. But they are like for or against. They're not like Israel no matter what. They're very critical of it. But the reason that they have that emotional relationship is they've got some skin in the game. Right. They put two years into that country, and so yeah. it does belong to them. Yeah, but you and have I to do it through the military. You Can't do. you get skin in the game in other ways? Yes, yeah, no, yes, but, but, but two what, years of service is like wants to do. clean up the bay, teach kids and teach for America. Right. Right. You what know what I mean? Create an arts program. It doesn't have America. to be it yeah. doesn't have to be military. It's just that you have to take two years of your life and then do something. What, something. What, what well, was the his Peace Corps? Yes, his exactly. Yeah. You know, he actually has a very strong sense of wanting to uh, do the right thing. And help he, he and wants help to people. Help. Um, he's a very nurturing person. He's, he's, yeah, Good he's, for him, and he's right. I mean, I, we're, you know, it is really sort of hypocritical. And that's what he thought was the right thing. And what did he end up doing? Like, well, he, he ended up being in the reserves. He's, he's a smart guy, so when he tested into the Marines, right, 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 they right. put him into this archaic program of him having to learn this radio, uh, how to operate this radio that they keep alive. Um, it's... You know, goes in back case to World the War II. Electromagnetic pulse happens. Exactly. And you so they have they, they have to have people always trained. So he right. wasn't doing anything just for in years. case they have to use this radio system. Right. Right. And um, and they never um, and he wanted to go active, but they put him in reserves. Yeah. And and that he, was difficult for him because he felt he, like he wasn't doing anything. But he but he I bet he interfaced with a community that he wouldn't have met oh, otherwise. He does. No, oh, he, he did. He that's loves what, the, that's what he loves the people. He's proud of his service. Thank God he he resigned as soon as he could. Uh, and now he's at University of Maryland studying neurology. Oh, go Terrapins. Yeah, yes. go Terrapins. Yes, they just yes. won last night. Yeah. But I mean, you know, when you say thank God and all that kind of stuff, and I do think to myself, we have created this attitude, and me too, because I have a son, which is that somebody else's child should do that, not mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like no, no, if, no we leveled, if, yeah. if we leveled the playing field a little bit and said, 
everyone has to participate right, yeah. in the safety of this country and also the cultural growth of this country. It doesn't and, and the you know sort of the environmental health of this country. We should all have to do something. Yeah, like the that. idea of giving two years to the country is not a bad idea. Absolutely like not. If you're, you know, if you'd you care more and you'd meet different kinds of people. Absolutely. If, and you look at things like. You look at, like, Nikki Haley's uh, South Carolina and the fact that, like, in most of the poor neighborhoods, the sewage doesn't even work, and it's all backed up. I mean, Nikki Haley, you know, she 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 created... Well, she didn't create. She fostered and kept <laughs> those areas being horrible, horrible places. We could go in there, and, and kids, you know, 18, 19-year-olds could work Some to make... Some kind of a core, a youth make core. A youth yeah. core. Yeah. I mean, I, I always said in watching, like, Sandy happen here. Right. Um, it was kind of like a shock. And friends of mine were uh, very, very active in Occupy Sandy out in the Rockaways and went out there a, a number of times. Uh, Thanksgiving, we spent Thanksgiving there going through all the donations and having Thanksgiving dinner. It was actually a really warm day in mm. the parking lot of this church. Um, and just sort of seeing rows and rows of houses that couldn't be occupied anymore and that were empty and kind of thinking like, you know, if we were, and this was like a month afterwards, you know, if we were an Amish society, there would be 50,000 people, you know, the first people would be ripping out all right. of the bad, uh, the second people would be going and fixing the wiring, and we would fix it. Putting the the, the, the barn, barn yes, yeah, yeah. yes. We, would, we would be working like there should be some kind of civil response core where you know Sandy hits and all the truck drivers and, and construction workers oh, and nurses God. and doctors and lawyers um, all you know you have six months off it's like you're being called up instead of going to other countries to exactly. bomb and kill here. you're yeah. just going to spend be six months because we're here for each other because we're here yes. for each other right and we're, you get that's free the college reason, tuition or something. That's the or, reason yeah. we're born. Yes. Well, and it's the reason Forget we live, them. is we live for... To connect. You, to connect. That's what we're here for. We're not here to set up you know, See, that's the difference between the liberal and the conservative view. The conservative yeah. view is, I'm here for myself to make as much and money my, as I can. Group. And my group. And my you know, I'll tell you a really... so vacant. Um, to, like, strip that down to its most primal right, this, space. This will be our last story, because we're... Like, really, I at the did. end of our hour. Oh, I really? Did. Already? Yeah. Oh, wow. This went quickly. Yeah. I did um, this TV movie years ago based on the hit book, Tuesdays with Maury. Mm -hmm. And so they showed us the 60 Minutes did uh, a profile of Maury. And he had said when he was first diagnosed with that horrible and most cruel of diseases, Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS, that when he couldn't wipe his own ass anymore, that was it. He was checking out. And he wanted the cocktail and he wanted to go. And then, of course, he got to that point where he could no longer do that and, you know, he keep lowering the bar and lowering the bar. And he said, you know, it's so funny how we observe old age, but if you think of life as a circle, which many people do, when you're young, somebody carries you, somebody feeds you, somebody wipes your ass. When you get very, very old, the same thing happens. And so as each thing kept disappearing, he said he figured it out. What makes life worth it is just connecting. And he, he got to the point where he could only blink. Are you cold, Maury? Do you need something to eat? Would you like to turn over? And he could blink. When the muscles you know, gave up on him and he couldn't even blink. He could make no contact with any person any way. He said, that's when it's done. And so if you take that story and you think about it, you know, blown up into its biggest version, it is about us kind of connecting with each other in some way. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fun to be here. Yeah. Exactly. It's so fun to connect. You exactly. Know what I mean? This is Bark Roll Radio. 
We're at Gephardt's Beer Culture Bar. As we say, across the street from the mortuary, where we'll all end up. <laughs> Not me, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and Steve? Uh, this is the Angst and Daisies podcast. And again, you can find us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the iTunes Store, but not social media. And, and you, you can find Barco Radio at all those places and social media. I yeah, guess we're well, we're kind of lax, actually. We're this, bad. This has been an enormous amount of fun. This cannot be our last... No, we, we, we would love to come back and, yes, and do it. Yes, and vice versa. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. nice to meet you, Alan and yeah, Becky. Really. Thank you for having us. Wonderful well, to meet you. You throw a great radio party. Yeah, you really do. <laughs> you throw <laughs> a great party. And the drinks are awesome. Yeah. There you go. There you go. And they're on Gephardt. So thank you, Gephardt. Thank, thank you. Gephardt. Thank you, guys. Nice. To be continued. I was saying to Steve that this is kind of our first date. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. All right. And I think I'm going to ask you out again. <laughs> oh, you're, well, you already decided. That's I right. decided you're invited back anytime. Yeah. Okay. It's perfect bar conversation. I know, sure. right? It is. Well, well, look, we're, we're at a bar. Yeah, that's true. Which too. is so perfect in the afternoon. That yeah. means you're a real drinker. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just be a little league drinker, but if I'm drinking in the afternoon, I think I'm I know, it's true. graduated. Yeah, yeah um, it's true. So you're, I, you're a big girl. It's not even after five, but I it know. is somewhere. Somewhere. That was my biggest fear when I was pregnant with my son. I said to my husband, okay, we have to say all the things that would be really hard for us to love because the job is unconditional love. Yeah. I said, like, you can admit to me if you had a gay son or a gay daughter, that'd be hard for you, and then we're going to get it out of the way. So we both had to confess, and I said, okay, these are the two things that would be hard for me. A kid who wanted to go into the military, that would just... And, and a kid that wanted to marry a Republican. Those are other... Anything, I know. I know. anything else. I, know. I could go for one, it. One, two, right? One, yeah, two. one, two. I could go transgender. I could go... You know what I mean? Anything yeah. else. But I went, okay, and if that's what happens, then that's what we're going to love. Because sometimes we're here, we have like six or seven people. Wow. Well, including... And they have to share mics. And no, no, no. no, no we, we, have we have a setup we for, have a setup for, for, for a lot of people. The board is much bigger than ours. We're, I'm having board envy. <laughs>